Last week, on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we talked episode four of Queen Charlotte, Holding the King. In that episode, uh, King George, we saw the story from his side, how he met Queen Charlotte, what his struggles were with his mental health, uh, and then also how he was introduced to Dr. Monroe and how this man is seeking to treat him, which involves a lot of abuse and manhandling and uh, torture. Um, and that is that is some rough stuff, and it's going to continue this week, and we'll see where it goes from there. This week on the Lords of Grantham Podcast. And despite the toxic smog over the East Coast, the Lords of Grantham are back. <laughs> On the tail end of Queen Charlotte. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing... I'm, I'm surviving. How about you, Dave? I'm surviving. I think what came through here went further down to you. So I think we were done with the bulk of the the smog, as it were. <laughs> you say that, but it looks like it's still lingering where, where you are too, man. I don't know, man. I'm just adjusting to the new world. <laughs> yeah. Of just I mean, breathing in. Burnt hair, Everything air, in fumes. Yeah, if like for, just when we think we can be outside without a mask. Yeah, for, nope. Yeah, for people not in the loop, you know, we're on the east coast in the northeast of America, and we just had the Canadian wildfires rolling on through here. All the smoke coming through that, and it's been uh, quite congested around here. You could say. Yeah, it's pretty strange. I know I've seen some West Coast people post things like, "Welcome to our world," and it's like. Your world stinks if that's your world. It's yeah. terrible. I'm, I'm flying out to L.A. tomorrow morning, and it's a bizarre turn of events. I'm looking forward to the air out there <laughs> versus over here. What are these days? What are these times? You're going smog to smog. Less smog, though, than the current smog. Well, yeah, like permanent smog versus... I mean, I live in New York. I, it's a it's a deal you make with the devil, but I mean, <laughs> it's particularly yeah. It's not right quite now. smog. It's like essence. Yeah. Well, enough of us rambling about that stuff. We, we're here to talk about Queen Charlotte. Yeah. Any news on the front of our other shows? Any any more stirring of information following that Downton article a couple weeks ago? Uh. Well. There, there was news about The Crown that the bosses revealed that the future of the Netflix show after its sixth and final season at the end of the year is that uh, they're looking to maybe continue it in some way, even though they believe the run would end at the sixth season. So they're looking at creating a movie or perhaps a series of specials. It means the creators would also have some more flexibility to jump around in terms of times and topics. They could even deliver a prequel fo- focusing on the abdication crisis in the 1930s, maybe like a Queen Charlotte story where it's a you know pre the crown uh, down the line there's the option to re- revisit the 21st century royals perhaps focusing on Harry meeting Meghan and his fallout with William and you're seeing this all the time with these franchises that are just running out of gas how can they spin off some kind of stories to, to kind of keep the juggernaut going even though the, the, the main story is done uh, we, we say that as we are prepared to discuss a, a franchise that had a, a poor second or poorly received second season and used a spinoff to get its juice back so yeah i mean we'll take it (laughs) some people like the second season just wasn't as widely watched and yeah it it had to reboot already 
whatever it takes, I guess, to get things back on track of the crown. I don't know. I think it's just they're just running out of story there. <laughs> just pick a new country. Yeah, there's so many countries in the world. Just do America. Why not? Or just make it up. Look how popular Succession was. Why don't you have some original ideas for once, uh, Peter Morgan, huh? Yeah, Peter. <laughs> Look at Julian Fellows. That guy's full of original ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and look at Chanda. She changes the colors of famous people and carries on. Facts. Just facts left and right here. Um, but we are on episode five of Queen Charlotte. Uh, Gardens in bloom. And they are absolutely in bloom. Um, where, where do we want to start? There's a lot going on in the future. There's a lot going on in the past. I think... Maybe we start with the past, but uh, what do you think, Dave? Uh, I think the future is a much well. No, never mind. Never mind. The past and the future. The future has the 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 past future does have a lot has more than one storyline, whereas the past past also has more than one storyline. So let yeah, let's dabble in the old the old school, the younger folks. Okay. Before we jump into the attending of the gardens, if you will. Sure. Uh, so yeah go ahead do we want to start let's start with uh i feel like it's very simple you know last week we had like a half hour episode because it was just torturing the king (laughs) yep um this week i feel like we kind of have queen charlotte's got a fairly simple plot going on here yeah she is a prisoner in her own own home once again Mm-hmm. But once uh, this gynecologist visits, we're in full on, you are our prisoner mode. Princess Augusta wants to move in, and there's no sign of escape. She's writing letters every day. Mm-hmm. They're not making their way to the king, despite the best effort of our boy Brimsley. Yeah. She she is there to keep an eye on uh, Charlotte and make sure that she's going to be pregnant and she's going to see through that pregnancy and deliver that grandchild. Grandson, as they keep saying, which is awfully presumptuous. I mean, you got to manifest these things, Dave. I guess so. But the, yes, the, poor, uh, poor Queen Charlotte is stuck in this prison of her own family's doing. Which yeah. we see that Brimsley is giving these letters to Reynolds, who is trying his best to get them to the king. Mm-hmm. But our Again, swatted down. our boy, Doctor Monroe, yeah, they're not getting there. He's saying, "I'm the king's man." Yeah, I'm the king's man. Show me <laughs> the king. Yeah, and he's won't. Well, he gets denied. So it, it's it's this odd thing where. We got George going through his whole stuff, and then meanwhile we also had Charlotte, and they, you know, was it the Dowager arrived with her own royal physician, and he's sticking his clamps up in her. So like they're all getting uh-huh. operated on, operated on right now, and I don't think they're liking mm-hmm. it. No, not at all. And Charlotte says, you know, my best bet is to get out of this place. Yep. And what better way to get out of this place than by? Calling my brother Dolph. And, 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 I mean, just to add to that, though, she is getting rubbed the wrong way. So not even uh, does the not only does Augusta have 
her physician working on her. They also have the scene where she's uh, painting Queen Charlotte, and Augusta's requesting that, you know, this, make the skin a shade lighter, as if they're trying to hide, you know, her natural dark skin color. Uh, she, she's just rubbing her the wrong way, on top of just being present there. So as you're saying, though, she asks for her brother, Duke Adolphus. I mean, it's not that's not his name, but he's the Duke, and his name is Adolphus. Duke Adolphus to show up. Uh huh. Because she wants to leave her country, but she can't leave it without a safe protector. Yeah, and we see that this this moment of uh, Brimsley's always bringing letters to Reynolds, mm-hmm. and Reynolds is then trying to bring them to King George, and Brimsley comes and and. Reynolds says, all right, you got the letter. And Brimsley says, this is not the letter you think it is. And I'm not just here to flirt with you, as sometimes we do. He says, this is this is for the brother. Mm-hmm. And she wants out. And you got to be it. You got to give me something. You're not giving me anything. And Reynolds is like, dude, I don't have anything. And she can't leave the country. She's not allowed to. Yeah, she's property of the country. Yeah. I keep getting thrown through doors. I keep getting assaulted for trying to see my man, my friend. Yeah. And, and so Charlotte is just pretty much beside herself, as she has pretty much been for most of the series at this point, um, uh-huh. aside from taking charge a couple times. But she's she's in a bad mood. And, yeah, her, the Duke Adolphus, he shows up, and uh, he's just kind of like, get up. Come on. You're, you're, you're the queen. Be, be the queen. And yeah. she's just reiterating to him, I want to go home. And... He's just letting her know, well, you're being a little bit emotional right now. Not not to overstep my boundaries, okay, sis? Yeah. But you're being a little emotional. Uh, and you're a little much for me right now. I, I traveled all this way to see you. You're telling me you just want to go back? They're going blow for blow. She says she would have him beheaded, beheaded for saying that. She can. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, and he's just reminding her, you know, your body, it's a tree. The child inside you isn't yours. It's not your own. It's the country's, you know. So, so you're a vessel for the future. Mm-hmm. It says your body is a wonderland, featuring a tree. <laughs> that that yes, a, a wooden <laughs> splintered wonderland. Uh, it's got to grow. <laughs> it's got to grow. And he reminds her too. You know, we negotiated this engagement. This alliance means Germany's defended by Britain. Okay. It doesn't matter how you're feeling, you know. You gotta, you gotta go through with this. And I think Charlotte kind of realizes in that moment, like, oh boy, he's right, isn't he? Right. Our country will get stepped on and smushed mm-hmm. if we don't have the protection of the Brits. And I think one of the key things that resonates with her too is just, um, yeah, the king isn't there. You know, you need to step up. Uh-huh. You're the queen because George is. Off getting a, a pike shoved up him somewhere. Uh-huh. Shock therapy. Maybe. We, we, we don't see all of it. <laughs> um, nope. But, yeah, I mean, she, she's still... She, she's heartbreaking until it's, you know, like... All right. I need to go see this guy. Because, as my brother reminded me, I'm the queen. I can do what I want. Uh-huh. And, you know there's this whole other uh, thing where, uh, what is it? I think Augusta says to her, her duty's done, you know, and, and they don't have to see each other until the, that child, another child needs to be born, you know? Yeah, she's like, you should be happy. And 
Charlotte's like, look, that, that's a you thing. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm here for love. Yeah. I want to be with my man. I don't want to be alone. I feel like loneliness and love are the themes of, and the concept of love are the big themes of this episode. And okay. not wanting to be lonely. Who <laughs> wants to be lonely? Uh, and yeah, so the queen again is crying to herself, but yeah, she has more resolve because Brimsley says, Look, man, George Teeter's on disaster. You need to see your man. And Brimsley's like, Let's do it, bro. Let's go. And, and, and she does it. She, she shows up. And I mean, the the images we see of King George being tortured this episode it looks like a sorority house where he's just getting dunked repeatedly <laughs> in water. Yeah, it's his rice bucket challenge over again. <laughs> yeah, longer. And he's about to set the record. <laughs> um, they, they show him uh, drinking beer from a funnel, uh, and, and you know they they also show him. Uh, he's doing a keg stand at one point. He's doing a keg stand upside down at one point. It's pretty crazy what they're getting up to. There. Like you, we need him to hit the world record of thirty-five seconds of drinking Bud Light. Yeah, and uh, he's like, I can't, man. I'm seeing. I'm, I'm the king, he's man. He's doing the hot ones challenge at one point. He's eating the the bomb. <laughs> yeah, they, he's, they walk in and there's one of those uh, the Harlem Shake moment going on. <laughs> it's a strange time there. The, the the moment that got me though is when they go to save him and they got like a, a heated rod as if they're branding him. <laughs> Like, what are you trying to achieve there? How does that solve anything? Yeah, no, I guess I don't know if we discussed this last week because that was such a, a such a quick episode on our part and such a straightforward episode in the show. Doctor Monroe comes in as the voice of reason mm-hmm. when he interrupts this sort of treatment going on, and he says, "Like, no, I'm the only guy who can help here." Yeah, and they're like, "Okay, sure, do whatever you got to do." Now, is he a conniving, evil scientist, mad scientist, or is he? does he truly believe that the ice bucket challenge and <laughs> shock therapy and prodding and leeches is, is the way to cure him? Because he seems, he seems purely evil in this episode. But he sincerely believes what he's doing is working, I think, right? He reminds. He, doesn't Reynolds say he's doing it for three hours? That he's. Yeah, I mean, he kind of reminds me of like Dwight from Poldark, the the good-natured doctor, but with the capabilities of Doctor Choke, the the hated-on bad doctor on the show. It's like this guy. I think honestly, I think he may think he's doing the the right thing. He's just not good at his job, and he may be a quack. And he is a quack. He's like the he's like the doctor in Downton that says that Sybil is not going to die. Right, exactly. And then Sybil dies, and it's like, what, Doctor, come on, man. What are we paying you? Uh, that is Dr. Monroe. I think he's just in- incompetent at the end of the day. Uh-huh. I mean, someone do some research. I'm not asking our listeners, but like someone at this house, do some research to understand where this guy came up with his methods. Because they are it's, not. Yeah, it seems like there's an awful lot of trust in this guy who is, at the very least, making the king scream in agony for hours a day. I mean, is there any proof that this had worked in the past? <laughs> uh, we don't know. All, all, we, don't all know. we know TBD. is there was a bunch of pledges that took place, and these people went through it, and they're all part of a uh, society now. Um, anyways, she makes her point. She's like, I'm taking him. We'll, we'll get him cleaned up. 
get <laughs> get have him get a good meal, uh, get him dressed. <laughs> you can hang, hang out with the Y. Yeah, you can hang out with the boys again. That's all he needs is a is a place to go like the YMCA. Doctor Monroe. Well, she comes in and she tries to do the thing where she's like, "I'm your Venus, you know. I'm your fire, your desire." Uh huh. And he he's not snapping out of it. No. And she keeps like she keeps singing the song that she sings the second verse, and, and sings the chorus again. That's how she knows something. Like I got a baby off. in me. I'm I'm I'm. You're still and she's like this, this guy's still crazy, and he finally comes to for a moment. Right. Yeah. I, I, and I, you think about it like the mean that they're trying to bring him to, you think, is maybe something entirely numb. Because uh, as you're saying there, she, he's already forgetting who Charlotte is and what she means to him. So they're like, uh-huh. I guess the way to fix him would just kind of be remove any sense uh, at all, you know, and make him a clean slate. Yeah. Which is not the best way to be. So thank God Charlotte shows up. And uh, thank God says you need a good meal <laughs> you need to get you some clean clothes and you need to hang out with your boys uh and she lets dr monroe go she's like you know what we don't need your services anymore sir be gone she says dr monroe you're fire <laughs> yeah i got the dowager's physician working on me he's got his clamps and stuff i don't need you which was well, nice. earlier in the episode she she tries to sort of finagle her way into seeing Dr. Monroe by saying to to Brimsley, I believe. Yeah. She's like, well, I need to see Dr. Monroe for my pregnancy. And Brimsley's like, no, you don't. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. You wonder about that, too, because I made such a point of it that he was going to be her physician. And we don't really see him doing any physician work. I'd like to see like them stretch that. Like, how far off the reservation was Dr. Monroe with what he would have done as a as her gynecologist? As a trying, gynecologist? Trying to figure out what's going on there, you know? What kind of clamps did he have, you know? Uh, it would be like dead ringers. Yes, like Jeremy Irons. He'd be very happy. <laughs> or Rich, Rachel Weiss or whatever uh, dead ringers you watch. Uh, I, I do like how she just storms in there and says, untie the king. Because he is the king, and he, they've got this iron rod that they're about to shove up him. And it's just like... <laughs> so he does one more one more task until he's a, he's in the sorority or fraternity. <laughs> Imagine if that was like the last one. They just had to get it done that day, and he would have been good. He would have been. All set. we got to do is sodomize him with an iron rod, <laughs> and they just that's that's on fire. That's hot. But Charlotte had or to show up and him. break it up. <laughs> um, well, that keg is tapped. That that that's hope, hoping that. I hope that they have some moments of bliss next week because throughout these five episodes, we know what so the far, future looks like. I, we know, we know, but it's, it's not going to be great. But I feel like the show hasn't given us enough moments of bliss between the two of them. Like we get that there's almost like a there's almost like a, or at least I feel there's like a, some kind of like bonding through having to go through these tumultuous uh, events for them. But I have yet to see enough of them falling for each other. You know, aside from that opening yeah. scene where they meet and have the meet cute, they do like the they, they do have some commonalities, but this series is rough with these two men. <laughs> yeah, their relationship is not healthy. Yeah, it, it, it's it's tough, and you know who else has it tough, Dave? Lady Agatha Danbury. Absolutely. Her husband. She's just trying. She, she says, "I'm not mourning. I got nothing to be mourning about. Yeah. I'm just chilling. I'm out here drinking port wine in the morning." And she says, "Probably the most disturbing thing that any narrative of any of these shows that we watch has had 
mm-hmm. where she tells her maid that she was basically betrothed to Lord Danbury when she was three years old. Yeah. And she said she never had any individuality. She never had any power of her own. And her, her favorite color was Lord Danbury's favorite color. And her favorite food was Lord Danbury's favorite food from the age of three. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm a, I'm my own person right now. I don't even like port wine. Port wine stinks. Yeah. My favorite color is gold. And, and you know, I have, I have all the same favorites as him. But, like, what does that mean? You know? What does that mean? It's pretty rough. And then she gets another visit. Mm-hmm. And it's all the people of color who have been brought in for this grand experiment. Mm-hmm. And they're all scared. Yeah. Because the fact that Lord Danbury is passed means that Lady Danbury's family, her children, Dominic, her son, mm-hmm. uh, is going to set the precedent for how the next generation of all these people of color in these new social positions will be. Yeah. Because there's no promise that Dominic Danbury or whatever his last name is will be the next Lord Danbury. And part of that is because when they promised the the house that they got for her sharing information to elevate them, well, it was given to him, Lord Danbury, not necessarily to her. Uh, uh-huh. Well, there's the concern that it may not. She has to get check the papers and check with uh, Augusta on that, but there's a chance she could lose that. And on top of that, they don't have much of a fortune because what money they he had he spent it on trying to impress her and live that that lifestyle that that style and profile yeah, we find that out later in the episode through the solicitor yeah that you know last week we had a lot of time to fill and and it was a fairly short and straightforward episode mm-hmm. this one clocks in at a buck 15 oh can we and- talk about that for a second on netflix it says that episode is an hour long and then when i put it on it's an hour 17 minutes i was like oh come on now you got you, i got time man you're I, tricking me <laughs> I, I don't got the time i got 77 minutes and then dave to preface next week netflix tells you when you look on there it's an hour spoiler it's an hour 26 minutes man make sure you got time oh boy Uh-oh. listeners if you're watching along like we have brace yourselves for that extra 26 minutes that you may be getting that's a that's a movie we're watching yeah so um that seems that we don't need we have Lady Danbury rummaging through all of Lord Danbury's notes looking for a name. And she's mm-hmm. like, this solicitor will help me. And Coral is like, why don't you just wait? You'll find it sometime. She goes, oh, I just found it. It's yeah. the solicitor. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why do we need these exposition dumps to find out who the solicitor are? Can't you just say, I wrote to the solicitor. He's going to mm-hmm. come and talk to me. Yeah. But regardless, the solicitor comes and says that, all of this stuff that old man Lord Danbury has been saying to young his wife Agatha Danbury, who he sort of acted like he's the owner of in a lot of ways, is a load of a crock of you know what. Yeah. That he has been spending all of his money to keep up a lifestyle that he can't keep up and that he even put some money down on this house. He even mm-hmm. paid a little bit to have some things done to this house. So if they no longer retain the name and if the queen or if the princess Augusta and those folks make the call, Lord Butte make the call that they're out of there, 
they're going to be broke. Yeah. Hard times. Uh-huh. But that's not stopping her from taking some walks. Yeah. Because uh, they have the funeral. And she spots a guy there. And he happens to be Lord Ledger. Mm-hmm. We'd seen him earlier in the show. I forget what the context was. I think he was. Was he at the the ball? Yeah, maybe maybe that's where Danbury Ball in episode three. He was uh, not very memorable, but he must have been to rem- Agatha. Yeah, I remember his name showing up, Ledger. Uh, and maybe we'd have a better recall of him if we just binged these episodes. But you know how we do it here. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. So, yeah, she's like, yeah, well, let's go for walks. You know, let's ramble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just spend more time walking around, rambling. Well, well part seems of it... Seems like they spend, like, three days walking. Doesn't seem like much. Yeah, to be clear, she actually was just going out for a walk. I think she may have been looking for him. We don't know, but she comes to that house that... It looks like a shed, but it's a house, and that, that's where he resides. And yeah, I don't he, think that's where he lives. I think that's, like, on the property line of his property. Oh, okay. I think it's, like, yeah. a shack. It that's might be, true. like, you know, a place to... to grab a drink or something if you're on a hunt or something along those lines yeah but they that's or a where they, place for one of his groundkeepers but that's where they meet up yes yes and that's where they keep walking and rambling and getting to know each other yeah and he's uh you know he's a widower himself so he's explaining mm-hmm. to her like you just kind of got to keep at it yeah. moving your feet will cure cure what ails you it'll help you get over your qualms mm-hmm. and life and um, and they just keep doing it, and and I don't. I'll be honest. I don't see the romantic chemistry at all. The guy's a little old here. Like, I, maybe she's just brainwashed to be with older men uh, from upbringing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't see it either, Dave. <laughs> Listeners, yeah. tell tell us where we're missing something here with Lord Ledger. Yeah, yeah he does not. There's there's nothing about this guy that is like, because I mean, I think I don't think we're being too presumptuous when we say that Agatha Danbury is a a catch and and, oh, yeah. and and change. She is clearly she's pulling the social strings. Yeah, she's already got a lot of kids, so she's got you know she got that going for her. And she meets this old weird man. I don't know if he's weird. The guy just likes to make hats. Yeah, he. Well, yeah, he that, that's he the just, weird. Yeah, thing. he he makes her a, a birthday hat because she says her birthday is coming up. Yeah. He's even talking to his daughter, and he's like, you know me. I make hats. We all know this. And it's like, we, we do? Okay. Yeah. Hat man. Now, is that the, that's the second occurrence of birthday crowns being brought up in this show. Yeah. Because Lady Bridgerton has said in the prior episode about how she misses that silliness with her husband. And I think, was that Lady Danbury that got upset with her? Yeah, it was Lady Danbury that got upset with her. Mm-hmm. So a little more context as to why maybe she snapped when Lady Bridgerton brought up the birthday. Yeah. Hats, but but she she's going through it because someone says maybe you need to to remarry, and this is after she'd just been with her son because now she's just kind of feeling this pressure again to re-enter into something that was you know she has she had a rough marriage and she doesn't want to she's traumatized by that clearly, and and so uh-huh. uh, yeah she she throws the bed around she's really upset, and hey this ledger guy's in front of you he's he's making uh hats. <laughs> yeah maybe he's worth something and so I don't think we're missing much but they do get to knocking boots yeah and they they show 
in the flash forwards about the sort of the the sensual feelings that oh, humans have. Before we get and, to that, though, I mean, they they do do this thing where she keeps staring at the ceiling that she'd always stare at when the guy was uh-huh. dry, humping her. Yeah, that's what I was getting. Oh, so okay. In the flash forward, she does that, and she's kind of, we're kind of like, oh yeah, but that's where she did it with their weird old man with no teeth. Mm-hmm. And then we see her in bed with with uh, Lord Ledger, and she's like, nah, nah, my friend. We're switching positions on this one. Right. And, th- and that that's the thing. is like all of a sudden we realize, oh, that's what she's recalling. <laughs> the good moments with him. And, uh, and yeah, she switches positions on him. You know, I don't need to stare. At, uh-huh. She doesn't have to stare at the ceiling anymore. She can look down on him. And then think to herself, man, this guy is old. <laughs> is this the right guy? <laughs> I got a type, I guess. Maybe. Even if I don't like him. I, I get the thematic resonance of that ceiling and you know kind of her turning the tables and all that stuff i think it would have been a, a smidge hotter just for me if they started knocking boots in that shed or at least showed them at that shed doing something yeah because they do the thing where in you know in the flash forward they show older lady agatha at the the mm-hmm. cabin and it's all and you know decrepit and broken down and i think it's supposed to at that point in the episode they had tri- almost kissed each other and then yeah. parted ways right so i think and what they're is- supposed to it's supposed to be like love lorn like yeah. she never and they never pulled the trigger and, and they do that thing where place. they they pull the camera back and they're framed within the windowsill uh you know where, where she's just left alone trapped um but yeah man i think there's a missed opportunity they, <laughs> with that shed well who knows because i you know we talk about the flash forward it doesn't seem like there's any shortage of relations between these two yeah let's get the uv lights let's let's go investigate yeah, let's call the room raiders and we'll <laughs> look into that old cabin. Just hats everywhere. Uh, but I think that wraps up. We also up. skipped over the scene where, yeah. we, we briefly touched on it, where young Lady Danbury brings her son Dominic mm. to meet Princess Augusta. And he she she I think this is where her boldness is starting to get to her. Yeah. Because she just straight up says to Princess Augusta with... With that that son of a gun, Lord Butte, right there, she goes, "This is Lord Danbury, Lord Dominic mm-hmm. Danbury." Yeah. And Princess Augusta's like, "Well, hello, Lord." And Butte's like, "No, no, no, we ain't got it. We ain't doing this now. Mm-hmm. We got to have a meeting." And then they all sort of retreat and discuss, and then right, because because there's implications like, right, well, there. If she were to acknowledge his her son, uh, Dan Danbury Dominic, she may be she may risk putting out there that he's entrusted with the house to receive it and everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think she's in the clear because yeah, I, we did skip over too that there was a scene with between Charlotte and Danbury this episode where Charlotte's giving her condolences. Uh, and Danbury's like, where's your man? You need your yeah. man. <laughs> and Charlotte's like, Oh, by the way, I live here now. Yeah. Doing just <laughs> And Danbury's like, what's going on? And and Charlotte's like, I don't want to be with with Princess Augusta. I want to live with you. Mm-hmm. You're my friend, right? And Lady Danbury's like, what is going on? Uh, yeah. And then it t- it takes our boy Adolphus to get her out, get her out. Yeah, Adolphus and Brimsley. D- Danbury immediately oh, and then, Danbury immediately goes to Duke Adolphus and is like, hey, my, your sister, she's wilding right now. Well, we skipped over the part where Adolphus, where Brimsley puts Adolphus in his place. That's true. Where Adolphus is like, where's my sister? Where's my sister? And Brimsley's like, 
that's none of your business. She's the queen, and I'm her yeah. keeper. I have no d- duty to you, Dolph, Adolf. Why don't you go home? Yeah. Enjoy your name, because in a couple hundred years, no one's going to be able to use it. <laughs> and Brimsley has another good moment this episode where you see him sympathizing for Queen Charlotte, where she's sulking, and he's trying to reach out his hand against her, but he doesn't touch her, and you, you feel for him like... Man, this guy cares so much and can, and can only do so much in his role. Um, yeah, and I think we see a little bit of of the sort of duality between Reynolds and Brimsley where they're both like, Reynolds is clearly pushed to the brink of like, I got to go in there and help my, my guy who I work yeah. for. And Brimsley has only been with Queen Charlotte for a couple of weeks, but we start to see him like, I really care about this person. And that the connection is there. I, I, I have my I, I I'm really curious where these two are. I know we know where yeah. Brimsley winds up in the end, right? But I'm really curious how Reynolds is going to factor into this last episode. And, and the other thing too with Brimsley is like, I know they gave us a beat last the other week of you know showing that he still is close with older uh, Queen Charlotte, but it does strike as the classic case of like, only after they cast Brimsley in the first season did they realize, oh, we want to do more with this character in the flashback. Because <laughs> uh-huh. it doesn't really align with the Brimsley we see today. Like it just, there's just seems to be a disconnect where he just seems a little bit more of a shell of a man. Maybe something happens. I don't know. He, see, he seems a little more bit like Sprat. Yeah, he doesn't seem as quite as like with like with it as he does does uh, as the young version of himself. But I guess my thought process on why the old Brimsley is the way he is 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 like Sprat where. He's been spoiled by this job, and that's why he's a little heavier. Mm. And he's a little, like, sometimes he's a little bit bolder to speak his mind when he feels like he can. I think this is a guy who is the closest, you know, he's the queen's best friend without actually being the queen's best friend. Sure. So I think he, he he's pretty high up the ladder in his own head and in the world, yeah. if we're being honest. But so, I think that really covers yeah. downs, or downstairs. We can finally flash forward. In the past. Now we can flash forward to the old, horny people. Yeah, well, we can get Queen Charlotte out of the way again here first, I think, right? Yeah, I think she's the least interesting. But she's got two two princesses for two of her sons. Yeah. And uh, they, they meet these girls, and... Their sons are just like, well, who are these? And she tells them, they're your betrothed. You're going to have to meet and marry these two. And they are so no- annoyed by it. And it's like, these women are, are attractive. What you Are you dummy? Are you dummies? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't think whatever sort of extracurricular activities you have have to stop because you're married. Well, I mean, I'm not endorsing that, but... I'm not endorsing it, but these <laughs> guys are royalty. They seem to get away with whatever they want, which yeah. is the reason there's no air right and they're they have to get married and they are so upset that this has to happen it's like well don't you understand where your mother came from this stuff just happens in, in, in your world okay you, you can't always pick who you it want it seems to be like with. they don't understand no no they're spoiled uh and so that, I mean, that pretty much happens this episode. Well, they come back, and they're like, you know what? We, we, you didn't get the approval of this uh, from your oldest son. Mm-hmm. He has to sign off on this. And she's like, oh, I made a mistake. Hey, son, these two need to get married. Approve it. You cool? <laughs> you cool with that? And they're like, yeah, we're cool, ma. I, I guess so. Uh, she dusts her hands and says, carry on. So much for that coup. You, you tried. Again, 
hour and 15 minutes. We needed to have this scene. Thanks, Prince of Wales. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Their boyhood's they end over. They the episode getting married. And, and, I mean, the one son does say he's afraid that he'll not be able to love her because he's been spending too long, you know, at, on his own, doing his own thing. Being a playboy. Yeah. But she reminds him, love is determination, you know? It, it, it takes some time. Nobody wants to be lonely. It's, it's, okay. not, it's not necessarily a feeling. Got to work on it's it. It's a choice. <laughs> Grab someone, hang on. And so, yeah, they're getting married. Yeah. I, I do, I, I hope they bring it home with older Queen Charlotte in the show in the last episode. Because I do feel like there's a weird marginalization of Queen Charlotte's story, or at least the older one, in favor of... Dan, Lady Danbury, which we're about to get into, it just seems like uh-huh. it's the same. It's been the same beat each episode of my sons need to get married and they're not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we we could do a little bit more with her. I want I want to see some more with her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. She's she's totally. I mean, I think this show does the weird thing where they try to set the tone with the older folks. Mm-hmm. And then have the younger folks inform why the older folks are the way they are. Yeah. But then this, they there's some of these episodes have just decided to straight up have like C plots with old people. Like what? Yeah. Why? Give, give us some more of Golda Rashuval, if I'm saying her name correctly. Give it. Yeah. And then give us some more of Ruth Gemmel, Lady Violet Ledger Bridgerton. Oh boy. Okay. Let's get into it, huh? So she's at an art gallery. Mm-hmm. With old lady Danbury, and they're looking at paintings of naked people. As you do, as as one does. Maybe she needs some. Because <laughs> she seems she, like oh yeah. Because she's asking, is, do you, has the queen been bedded? Well, maybe you need some, huh? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's missing her man still. But she's not just missing her man in that way. She's having some biological reactions that her man helped give her i mean uh, as as she said lady danbury's like we could talk right we're cool and yeah lady bridgerton's like yeah uh me and my man we used to have a garden and the garden mm-hmm. had lots of flowers and it was well maintained and it was all these descriptive words about it mm-hmm. and lady danbury's like Oh, that's the kind of garden you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lady Danbury pulls out a menu from uh, the Outback Steakhouse and says, so you're feeling some thunder down under, huh? You got a blooming mm. onion going on, huh? <laughs> well, wow. Lady Bridgerton's like, you bet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man. She, she's in bloom. She, she She's fanning herself. Like, she, she's heated. She's straight up heated, as Beyonce would say. Yeah. Uh, and you know she wants to touch. She she was it. She even says that she asked her footman to lay on top of her. She said, "I was feeling like I almost asked him to do that." Hmm. So, uh, Lady Bridget. Lady Danbury her. tells her. Lady Brit or Lady Danbury's like, look, I never had a garden until after I was married. But let me say, to this day, I still keep it. Keep my garden blooming if i have to it's tended to 
and, and she makes the point to Lady Bridgerton when uh, they because they meet up later at night. You know that they spend so much time matchmaking, but they're never for anyone mature enough. You know, uh-huh. and so you know it's time to, to tend to the garden. You know, nurture it fiercely. Uh, yeah, and they also speculate that the queen is lonely. Right. And it's like, yeah, the, you the, don't say. The gardens don't die. You just got to water them. And, and she says, mm-hmm. it's a right to want it. Say it. And then she says she wants to be gardened as much as possible. So I am very much looking forward to next week to see who Lady Bridgerton gets down with. Do we get Ray Jean Page coming back and getting with his mom? Getting with his mother-in-law just to help her? <laughs> we would have heard about that by now if that was the case. And that, that's obviously not happening. But... I hope Maybe it'll g- be a pop cast though. It'll be like it'll be like Dolph Lundgren or some like, you know, sixty year old hunk. No, it's gonna be Lord Ledger's son, but he's gonna look like Lord Ledger. <laughs> he has an, he looks like an older man. And Lady Danbury's like, oh no, I want that. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and again, like she's lonely because all her children are busy or gone and stuff like that, so she's just left alone. Um, uh huh. So, you know, hopefully there's someone for her to, to lay with. And, and it sparks Danbury's, you know, mind. As we said, she was looking at the ceiling, thinking back to time. So she starts searching for something, which is like they even do a thing where they cut away from the scene as she's searching for something and finds it and doesn't, doesn't show it to us. And it's like, you know, it's the hat. <laughs> you just what else is yeah. she looking for? <laughs> you don't have to hide it and make it like a, a reveal. But yes, she 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 finds a hat. Finds a hat. And she she's smiling to herself, thinking back to the good times, the good old days, with Lord Ledger, with an old man. Ted into like that's, that's the episode. I think we're being a little harsh on Lord Ledger. He's not the most unattractive man in the world. We just know that Dan Barry has such potential for for a partner. She could, she could definitely. Oh yeah, she's she's the most dynamic character on the show. Oh, she's the best. I I mean I. Queen Charlotte, I understand, is the focus of the show and her relationship with George, but every time Danbury is on screen, both old and young, I'm more interested in what's going on with her. Every time. Yeah. Listeners, let us know if we're wrong on that or, or if we're off base. I don't think we're wrong. I mean, I think that... But, you know, I feel like a lot of these shows about the monarchy are supposed to be like that, and this one is no different, mm. where she's the more, you know, interesting character. She's only in three things. What the actress mean? who plays young Lady Danbury is only in two, one episode of a TV show, a movie, and then this. I mean, she is Lady Danbury. <laughs> hey, well, you know, I think she's going to have a bright future after this because she's very charming. Like, she steals the show when she's on, so. Yeah. Well, I, I think she, she may have been also like a... a uh, stage actor, stage maybe? actress. She also has a BA in biological sciences from the Carnegie Mellon University, and her master's of public health and health policy from Yale in 2018. What does she do in acting on Bridgerton? Wait a minute, she, she's been in New Haven this whole time. She could be saving lives. Arsenal Thomas, come on, sheesh. What are you doing? I mean, she's we are, probably all right. We gotta, but, okay. yeah, we gotta know what, what, what's, where's, where's her pizza choice in New Haven? We need to get Arsenal Thomas on the line. Yeah. Gotta get ask the hard hitting questions. And Dave, was this a good episode? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, okay. Didn't feel like a penultimate episode. You know, no. it didn't feel like we got one left. A lot of stuff in the air. Makes me wonder if we're gonna get a Queen Charlotte season two. And knowing how successful this is, will will we? I mean, 
I'm down. I mean, for six episodes, they could have probably broke this up and made like an eight episode series just with the length of some of these later episodes. But yeah, yeah. I mean, based on its popularity, it's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. So let's get to the rankings. Yeah. Who do you got going down, Corey? Number three, I got King George. The guy almost made it to his fraternity, and he missed out. All he did was just sacrifice his body for weeks on end to no avail. Poor guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the trend. I'm going to tell you I didn't include King George because he didn't do much this episode, but sure. what he's been doing the past couple weeks. So that being said, going down to number three, I got Adolphus. Okay. This dude has to ride all the way out to see his sister just for his sister to be like, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. He's like, what? I'm proud of you because you're pregnant. You're the queen. And then she's like, shut up. I could have your head cut off. I, I do have the Dolphus at number two also because he comes in flexing like he's an alpha, but he doesn't realize the game has changed. She's the queen. You don't have any power anymore, bro, or not as much as she does. So Yeah, you're getting shot down by Brimsley. Yeah. They're telling you, you know your role. Get out of the way. You're, you got nothing on the queen. Uh-huh. By Duke Adolphus. Uh who's number two going down for you, Dave? Um, I have Lady Violet Ledger Bridgerton. Really? Because She's in bloom, bro. Yeah, but she got no one to tend to the garden. Oh well, that's true. And what? the whole thing is like I miss my man because me and my man used to get freaky a lot. <laughs> and now the house is empty and I got no one to do anything with, and I'm bored. And Lady Danbury's like let me give Lady Danbury basically tells L- Lady Bridgerton, it's okay mm. for you to get down after your husband dies, but Lady Bridgerton makes you know she ha- makes no steps to get there. So well, she's just. I mean, maybe she will next week. Yeah. But as of right now, she's, you know, she's in heat, <laughs> with nothing to help her. Absolutely. Well, number one going down. I mean, it's as bad as it gets. It's Doctor Monroe. The guy's out of his job, and. He, yeah. I mean, he just looks like a clown. Like he didn't know what he was doing. He's a quack. He's uh-huh. he's he's losing his his position of power. So, bye, Doctor Monroe. That's number one for me. Yeah, you're season. you're fired. Yeah. What a what a fall from grace from for Monroe. Is that your number one? No. Oh yeah, of course. Who okay. else would it be? I don't know. Yeah. He spends yeah. the whole the whole episode being like, no one can stop me. I'm I'm all the way up. That was him last week. Yeah. And this week, it's like. Actually, who are you? Hi. <laughs> Just pull away his name tag. Can we see your degree? <laughs> something else. Do you have any references we can talk to? Can we get uh, like, oh, Lady no, Danbury no. in here as a doctor? She seems to be more no, uh, no. Qual- qualified. I'm, I'm just a guy who loves dunking people in ice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Dave, who's going up for you? Well, number three, I got a tie okay. for our boys, Brimsley and Reynolds, because sure. they are making moves this episode. They're having honest discussion i think these two are secretly really shaping the narrative of the royalty right now because yeah brimsley says to reynolds with this letter like do i send it do i not send it reynolds is is busting into these sort of therapy sessions with dr monroe and getting thrown out like he's really these guys are really putting it all out there and yeah we see they kind of get their way at the end it's true they they, they almost made my, my list um but that uh, I, I won't reveal who's where yet. But number three, I got Mr. Ledger, the guy who laid pipe. 
kudos <laughs> to that man. He, can't, he, can't he, knock it. Yeah, I mean, he was a nobody making hats, and man. No, he's a nobody making hats, getting down with a Yale graduate. Hell yeah. Well, that's number three. <laughs> well, number two, speaking of uh, Lord Ledger, I got Lady Danbury. Okay. She, she's not mourning. Yeah. And she is. And I think when we talk about Queen Charlotte, we tend to talk about young and old. But mm. Lady Danbury, I feel like, is much more of a consistent character between Front her young back. self and her old self. And she she just is wise beyond her years when she's young. She might not have aced the landing with little Dominic. Mm-hmm. But she's definitely acing the landing with Lord Ledger. So, you know, good on her. And old lady, Lady Danbury, is very helpful to Lady Bridgerton. Yeah. She's getting there. Well, at number two, I got Queen Charlotte. Because uh-huh. she finally put her foot down, got the guy out of the room, the Dr. Monroe. She's got her man back. I think she's reasserted herself. She's also got her her children married. Uh, so... That that she she did the work that she had to do this episode, so good mm-hmm. on Queen Charlotte moving the needle forward. Okay, well I got the the both iterations of Queen Charlotte at my number one. Oh well, I got Danbury at number one. It's not even close. Okay, <laughs> well I got I got old old. I think it's understated how old Lady Queen Charlotte has spent the whole season saying like, "You guys got to do something. Yeah. You got to get married." And then she just says. You're getting married, and they say, "No, no, no, we're gonna put this obstacle in your way." Yeah, and she says, "I don't think so." And then one of them just starts crying to her, and she realizes, "I'm a mother. I created these rotten, ugly children." Yeah, <laughs> because let's be real, they're not very handsome. <laughs> Terrible facial hair. Yeah. So good on her. That's true. I mean, they're not the ugliest of mutts. Her her sons. Um, I mean, for royalty, they don't dress well. Yeah. They're a little disheveled. They're not te- well kept. Yeah. Well, I got I got Danbury at number one, though, just because she really does the Lord's work in helping Brid- Lady Bridgerton find, find her groove back, you know, just reawaken uh-huh. a little bit. And then also just finding herself after her husband dies, you know. So... I mean, and and she's so knowing, and and like we get the the sweet moments of her just you know, just hanging out with Ledger, having good company, and and navigating the whole thing of potentially losing her house, and and maybe she doesn't have to. Uh huh. Kudos to her. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, she she, and and you know it's just her charisma, just won over by her. Uh, that conversation this week uh, on the the show was was a lot longer than last week, Dave. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I when I saw it was an hour and fifteen. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. They packed it in. They pack it in. Well, they yeah they do, and that's that. Uh, Dave, have you been watching anything else? Uh, I caught up on. I mean, I'm I'm still one behind on Succession. Oh come it's, on, it's too long. <laughs> I keep falling asleep early. Can't uh, get you know. I also you know I I am I am if it's spoiled for me, that that's on me. I take full blame. That's not. That's not okay, but okay. It's not okay, but it's one of those things. It's not right about it's okay. It's succession. It's it's the right. It's the it's well written. You could tell me how it ends, and I'd be like, okay, and still watch me entertain. Okay. Uh, so that's the one. I'm not all the way up, but I did finish Ted Lasso. 
and I, I finished um what I finished uh, I think you should leave I watched all of that okay and I saw Spider-Man oh across, yeah across across the Spider-Verse right not beyond beyond the Spider-Verse is the next one yeah and good movie you know all good I I, I I'm a big I think you should leave fan this week this season was was very good mm-hmm. I think a little little uneven yeah compared oh and I finished Barry too which that was a fantastic ending that was really good it's really good um yeah a lot a lot of things I, I I you know that's why it's I didn't finish succession because the episodes are so long I could get all the berries all the Tim Robinson all the Ted Lasso's and yeah. a Spider-Man in at yeah. that time what about you I mean yeah it's been so busy man yeah I mean really it was just making a concerted effort to see Spider-Man before Optimus Prime comes in and knocks him out of IMAX uh and Spider-Man was fantastic. Everyone's been hyping it up as one of the best things out there. And I mean, believe the hype in terms of the visuals and everything. You won't see anything else like it. Loved it, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, definitely need to see the next one, though. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, in terms of other stuff watching, I, I, man, it's, it's, I, I, can't, I can't even describe it. There's, just, I, there's too much going on. I can't keep track of anything right now, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe next week we'll be able to say we... Saw Optimus Prime. I don't know when I'm going to find the time to do that, man. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> I'm not to rushing to see that one. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, though, we will be covering the finale of uh, Queen Charlotte next week, finally. And the show is still in the top ten, mm-hmm. so we're still talking about something relevant. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, and if you want to find more of us, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hit us up at worldlordsgrantham at gmail.com. We have our Patreon if you want to talk to us on our Lord's Grantham Lounge. Get some bonus episodes. We need to do another episode. We know. We know. Uh, and you can also leave us five-star rating or review if you so choose on our uh, on any podcast channel that you listen to us on. You can find our whole archive on Podbean. But with that, we will catch you next week on the show. Yeah.